And that's what Jesus did. That's what I love about this one from this guy that he submitted so much is that that's what Jesus did. When he came here, he didn't just hang out with the Pharisees. He didn't just stay in the temple or the synagogue, but Jesus stayed out in the open with the people, yeah. with the animals. Yeah. Born well, you, in, got, born you, got, in you got people that they ain't flying coach. They ain't staying in a three-star yeah. hotel. Yeah. And they they ain't going to like Popeyes or they ain't going to yep. your house to eat. It's got to be a nice. I mean, I know people like this. Mm-hmm. I don't like know know them. I know who they are, and I love to yep. like grab them and shake them and throw them on the ground and say, "Man, you better stop." Yep. Not you need to stop, but you should stop. You better mm-hmm. stop. Cause that's but like you said, that's not good yeah. for you. It's man. not good for your soul. It's not, man. It, it's not. We we are saying it's not good for the people, but what you don't realize, Pastor, is it's not good for you. Yeah. It's going to tear you apart. Yep. Yep. All right. We are back with another episode of BS Faith. I hope you had last week as we kicked off our uh, survey series we uh, did did a survey and we asked the question uh, congregation members what do you wish that your pastor knew you know the good the bad the ugly we started that last week and we uh, got only so far into them we read them all but now we want to discuss them more and and so we're gonna continue to do that but this is bumper sticker faith my name is Sam Key. This is my man, Louis Dooley. What's up? He's always keeping it real. and uh, Trying to. You know, <laughs> if I ain't, I'm keeping it fake, right? Yeah. Who wants to be fake? We want to we be honest. We want to get beneath our bumper stickers, which is what this is all about. Mm-hmm. I think more people in the world and in the church, it would, it would just, and in families and relationships mm-hmm. at work, it's just shocking. So we got a doozy. Uh, about we, this. we kicking off with a doozy. So you want to read it? All right. So here we go. Here's uh, someone said this that um, they wish. I wish pastors knew very strong, capable women that are discouraged from leadership in the church. Based on conservative in- interpretations of the Bible, choosing to ignore examples in the Bible like Deborah, who is definitely a leader over a man, with first-hand knowledge of the struggle, I think pastors can better teach their congregation. Man. Right. So what's this What's this person wishing their pastor knew more about? I, mean, I think it's pretty self-explanatory that there was, you know, strong, capable women who can lead. You know, which, which I don't disagree. Okay. Now, in terms of leadership, that's a broad term. And there's different types of leadership, right? Mm-hmm. I, for one... Anytime it comes to the church, the body of Christ, mm-hmm. there's several things I think. First, I think that, like, why are we gathering together as mm-hmm. a body? The second thing I think about from Scripture, of course, is that the body has different parts, mm-hmm. has many different members, mm-hmm. some versions would say. And there's diversity of gifts. Mm-hmm. There may be one person that has one spiritual gift. There may be a person that maybe mm-hmm. has multiple spiritual mm-hmm. gifts. And that does not make one greater than the other. It just means that God chose them maybe to do more mm-hmm. work. Maybe you should be happy if you only got one mm-hmm. versus the person that's got maybe two or three. But the point is, like, there's no big eyes and little U's in, the, mm-hmm. in God's economy, in his kingdom, mm-hmm. and in his body. But, um, and lastly, I think that 
based on the spiritual gifts that we have, um, that's what should be nudging us and mm-hmm. encouraging us to be in leadership in a church. Mm-hmm. And and I don't think the Bible is going to contradict itself, meaning it's not going to it's not going to tell us to do something over here, but then tell us to do something different over mm-hmm. there. I think that where contradictions come in is it's us not understanding what mm-hmm. the word of God says. So I definitely am a proponent of women being leaders in the church, um, but it should be based on gifting mm-hmm. that you have, not just because I'm capable and I'm trained and mm-hmm. I know how. Mm-hmm. And that would go for men too. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want a man that's trained in how to be a public speaker to say, I want to be a pastor of a church. Mm-hmm. If that's not a gift and calling yeah. you have, then don't yeah. do it. So what's the heart's cry here from this, from this one? Man, I mean, what do you think? I, my honest opinion with all due respect mm-hmm. and love is that I think that the people, women who would um, like would, would agree 100% with this just based on the Deborah part. Mm-hmm. I would think that they would have a belief that a woman can do everything in the church that a man can do. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm, and I could be misinterpreting, misunderstanding okay. this, but this is what I understand it to say. What, what do you so, think? So you're saying that you think this one means that this person wants the the, the pastor to be able to to recognize uh, and have more women in leadership positions. Sure, sure. Okay. But I think but but just because of the judge's example, yeah. that's like the highest form of leadership. Yeah. Would you would you not agree? Yeah. So it's not a it's not like I can be uh a high capacity leader in the church mm-hmm. like anybody else. This is talking about the highest leadership, mm-hmm. right? And and I and because Deborah was a judge, yeah, and that's who God appointed over Israel yeah. during that time, and yeah. there was no other God's person above her, right? Yeah. So to me, if I look at the way most churches are structured here in America, they have what's called a senior pastor, yeah, which I, I'm I'm in disagreement with those terms and titles, but that's a different. You can hear about that on our last episode, yeah. somewhat. Um, so I think that this person. Or, you know, because the person that wrote this might not even believe this, right? They might, they just might be writing something in that they think other people think. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to put this on the person that's, that wrote this in. So I would say people who believe this, based on the example of Deborah, they would be believing that women are not only capable, but should mm-hmm. be allowed to be mm-hmm. senior pastors at churches. Yeah. That's my interpretation of yeah, this. Yeah, that, that could be that. And I, Definitely, probably have some words for that. What's your interpretation? But the, I guess the first thing, though, I want to say is that this person is um, just wanting <clears throat> their pastor because maybe their pastor, when he when he, I'm assuming it's a he, is preaching, gives all uh, examples from guys in the Bible or from from guys in real mm, life, okay. and maybe he very seldomly touches on the strong women from the Bible or from real life. And she's just wanting to make sure that he gives uh, a little more balanced approach in representing the women. And then she, which is, which is fair. So uh, pastors, uh, as you're hearing this, um, maybe don't skip over some of those things as much and, and maybe try to highlight, yeah, give more illustrations in that. And preach the word, right? And, and preach the talk word. Talk about all the people. You talk, talk about, about all, the bad people. Talk about the good folks, yeah. men, women. Yeah, talk about all of them. <laughs> so I think 
being very, not very, but being uh, accurate to this person, um, that that's all that, that she's asking, maybe. Now, when we do get into like Deborah, though, that there's, um, who is definitely an overman. Now, one, just just to be helpful for this person listening, so we're just going to go into teaching mode <laughs> for a little bit here, because this um, person did say at the end, I think pastors can better teach the congregation, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, if you're a, a pastor, better you're teaching your congregation on this, like one of the first things I would say is there's a difference between descriptive text and prescriptive text. A descriptive text is like a narrative. It's just describing the events that happened. They're not necessarily saying, they're not prescribing, therefore go and yeah, do like this. They're talking about somebody fishing, but it's not saying you go fish. Yeah, you go fish. So yeah. if if a woman is leading Israel, that, that doesn't translate and you can't get an ought from an is <laughs> like this is what's happening this is it's just describing that a woman's leading israel it does it's not 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 a prescription for women everywhere to go lead a country or mm-hmm. to lead a family or to go lead a church it's not it's just describing and it, because if you go too quickly to that prescription then you'll miss the power of the of the description that is there mm-hmm. because in judges the whole thing is upside down and when you read that passage and you see that a woman is leading, automatically you're to think something's wrong in, in Israel. And that's exactly what, what Judges is saying. It's saying that everyone's doing what is right in their own eyes. Everything's flipped upside down. You have the women leading, and it's meant to, to, to get you as a reader to see that there's a problem, that God isn't in the picture anymore, and everything's upside down. So if you go to the prescription too fast, you'll miss that. And kind of an illustration would be, let's say you're um, you're reading a story, and normally when you read a story, it's you know the mother is feeding her baby, but the, now let's say you're reading a story and it's the baby, the infant is feeding the mother. You'd be like, wait a minute, something's wrong here, right? This doesn't make any sense, mm-hmm. and that that would help you to engage and interpret the story better that we're in a story right now where things are upside down and not making any sense. You wouldn't take from that, therefore, all babies everywhere go feed your parents. That's not what yeah, it's saying. Yeah, yeah. So we have to be careful with some of these texts, with men in them, with women in them, mm-hmm. not to make prescriptions uh, out of them. But that just, like I said, it can go into this person's desire for the pastor to do a better job of, of teaching these kinds of things yeah, as well. Yeah, and, and I think that... Um, I personally think that women, you know, can lead men. You know, I think that God gives them gifts that they can be leaders. Um, Absolutely. I, I also, I also do Absolutely. believe that the word of God, and, and they mentioned conservative interpretation. I definitely mm-hmm. myself will lean more towards a conservative interpretation um, that, you know, there are some offices, if you will, that, Although a woman can function in and may have gifts in Mm -hmm. that God may have um, prescribed for men. Mm -hmm. And there's some offices and stuff that God has prescribed for women, Mm -hmm. you know, and and why he did that. I'm not God. I can't answer that. And, And I'll say this lastly, you know, this is what I see. This is what I feel like I believe is right. But I don't know everything, mm-hmm. you know, and so I don't want to be dismissive of the person that sent this in or any woman that would listen to this or watch this. 
Um, the point isn't to dismiss anyone, to shame anyone, to make someone feel incapable. Um, clearly, we can see in the Bible that God used women um, in sometimes ways that he didn't even use men mm-hmm. that were great. Um, and it's, it's to validate um, women mm-hmm. and, and in a culture that didn't validate mm-hmm. women. You know, and so we, Sam and I, we both validate women. We have one of you the, know? an example of one of the greatest roles of a, of a woman ever in the what they the Orthodox Church calls the Theotokos, mm. the God, the Theotokos bearer, and that's Mary mm-hmm. who bore, bore Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's no greater role than that, and a man can't do that. Yeah, yeah, he can't. Do he that. can't do that. <laughs> if he would have, boy, 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 <laughs> that wouldn't have been a man. <laughs> and that's a topic for a different day. Yeah, but um, yeah. So we just, you know, this is what we believe. Um. You know, obviously, there's people that will have a difference, and of it is, and it is a topic for today with the transgender movement and oh, that. Absolutely. You know, it absolutely is a topic. Yeah. But but you see how when you um, when you don't uphold God's categories, um, things get people lose their roles, and um, yeah, things get things get out of whack big time. Get out of whack, and it's yeah. out of whack big time. Yeah. Anyway, so um, so thank you, yeah, thanks for sending yeah. that in. This was great. Yeah, go to the next one. Okay, next one. I'm tired of things at church feeling so scripted. It doesn't feel like <laughs> they allow for the Holy Spirit. And let's just mm. do the next one too, because I think they're kind of together. Why are sermon Why are sermons planned out so far in advance? So again, scripted. Mm-hmm. What happened to preaching about topics that are relevant and specific to each church? Okay, so. What's this person saying? It's, they're expressing to their pastor of uh, a, a want and a need for more spontaneity, more openness to the spirit to work, mm-hmm. less dryness, more liveness, right? Yeah, I definitely was all about like not being scripted at all. And I think it's dangerous to be on either end, right? Mm-hmm. One end is I got to have everything planned out and perfectly scripted. And the other end is I ain't got to do nothing. Just stand mm-hmm. up there and read. And then just whatever comes to me, it's the Holy Spirit giving mm-hmm. it to me. And I remember um, what I was more, I wasn't definitely wasn't in the camp of just don't prepare and let it come to you. But if I had to pick which side I leaned more towards, it was more towards the spontaneity mm-hmm. than to be fully scripted. And I remember somebody telling me, you know, the same Holy Spirit that is is giving you what he's gi- giving you while you're up there. In that moment. In that moment. He gave it to me when I was writing it out. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, check good. Yeah. You know and what I'm saying? And if you do you both, me. then you have them in both places. If you do both, then that's where like the peanut butter and jelly yeah, come together. Yeah. And it's great. I love peanut butter Grape and jelly. Grape jelly, wheat, white bread, white wonder bread. Man, I have that's peanut real butter soft. and jelly every day. Man. Almost every day. Yeah, I did too when I was locked up for 15 and a half years. And so I still eat it, just not every day. But yeah, so I think definitely th- there's a great point here. And I'm in total agreement, man. Things not, not so. So here's a question I think is related when mm-hmm. it comes to the planning out of a service. Mm-hmm. Right. The sermon is part mm-hmm. of that plan. So is the prayer, the music, if scripture's read. I like all that stuff. Yeah. But what I find. And maybe this is like, you know, I like cherry Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. I'm not that fan of strawberry Kool-Aid because mm-hmm. I don't really like strawberries. Yeah. You know, so I go to the church and got the cherry Kool-Aid, not the strawberry Kool-Aid. <laughs> so, the Kool-Aid. so so, I found I find it more freeing mm-hmm. 
And, and when I'm, I'm talking about freeing, like in a time of worship where mm-hmm. we can we can prescribe scripture is going to be read. I love to say, man, Sam, would you mind coming up and read this scripture mm-hmm. or or Betty? Yeah. Would you mind coming up and read this yeah. scripture? Like, yeah. it don't have to be prescriptive yeah. that much to where you got the person that, you know, like it just feels too robotic to me, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. And the spontaneity is great. Yeah. And if the person says, no, nah, I'm good today, that's okay. Yeah. And as a pastor, I'm going to want to follow up. Or, you know, if I'm some leadership in the church, I'm going to want to follow up that person. Mm-hmm. Just say, hey, you know, is everything okay? And they might just be like, yeah, I just didn't feel yeah. like reading today. Okay, that's cool. But I want to check on you because maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe they got some bad news and I want to know about that. Mm-hmm. So even in them little moments, like as a, as a person who wants to shepherd mm-hmm. the flock, right? Because it's not a difficult thing to do. Yeah. And it should be an honoring thing to do, to get up and read scripture over everyone. I think it's easy to see the hearts cry behind this one if we take it to an extreme or take it to another example. And so picture this. Um, what many people feel maybe during a worship service when everything is scripted and laid out just just so and you kind of have to stick to that. Mm-hmm. What they feel, so pastors hearing this, this is maybe what they feel. Imagine a dinner that you're having with your family. And imagine if you did everything at dinner the same way. You, you scripted it all ahead of time and you always pass the peas the same way, pick up the fork at the same time ask the same kinds of questions, look the same direction. You know, you did everything. Imagine if you orchestrated your worship service like uh, a dinner. Now, in all fairness, pastors, you're probably saying, well, the worship service is not a dinner. They're two completely different things. Okay, just pause. Let's, I just want, want you to feel what they're feeling, though. I mean, just take the illustration. Because let's say you show up at dinner and everything's scripted, and your kid shows up, you know, your 12-year-old kid, and he's got a black eye, or he's bleeding, or your daughter's crying. If you stick with your script so much for mm. dinner, you totally override what's going on right in front amen, of you. Amen. And you bulldoze over them. You show that, that what they're bringing is not, not valid, that you don't notice them. Okay, I, And that's the extreme example, but I think that's what's behind this one. And so... So the, this this person who's saying, I'm tired of things being more scripted, I think what they're really saying is, hey, notice what's going on in the lives of your of your table members a little more and, and be more aware and um, and less just tied to what you want to do um, in order to notice us. Now, yeah. the ex- uh, argument from the other side, though, it could be, you know, congregate, congregation members, you need to know, too, that. There is, you know, sometimes quite literally a liturgy, and there are things that you have to do that are good for you, and you mm-hmm. may not even realize it. Yeah. So it's like going to the doctor, and the doctor has to ask you these questions. He has to wash out your wound. He has to do all these things, and you may be like, I don't like that. That hurts, but it's for your good. And sometimes in a church service, the elements that they're going through are for your good. And if mm-hmm. a pastor were just to abandon those, then, you know, that, that wouldn't yeah. be good. Like one so of, that's both sides. Yeah, like it. one of my kind of pet peeves is like, you know, the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. It's like the same verses said the same way. Like definitely like taking the elements, that's going to be the same, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, I guess it makes sense to eat the bread first and then drink the cup because that's the order in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So I have no complaint about that. And I'm not saying there's other scripture that, really talks to that. But I think there is some that can illustrate that, but just be more refreshing. 
mm-hmm. like with maybe somebody else leading that part. Mm-hmm. You know, just in that to have different people to be able to lead that mm-hmm. part of the why mm-hmm. we do it and then lead people through taking of the elements. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I kind of feel like this, this, it's like stuff. It's an event that's taking place. So there has to be things that are going to be accomplished and that's scripted. Mm-hmm. So the person that wrote this, they need to know there's going to be a script. Mm-hmm. But then how the script plays out is where you talk about yeah. the black eye come in or, you know, the A plus on a report card, mm-hmm. the spontaneous things that are, are not the mundane every day yeah. thing. We need to recognize yeah. those things. If there's a big cultural and we event. Need to, and we need to make space for them. Yeah. And so this is one of my arguments. You get to church, like preaching, you know, like, like I just preached at church Sunday and it's like, man, you got 30 minutes. I'm cool with that. But it's like, I'm cool with it. But in some senses, I'm not because it's like, if the spirit is moving mm-hmm. and the congregation is engaged, what if I go 33 minutes? Mm-hmm. What if I go 36? Now, now I'm not going to say go an hour. Mm-hmm. And I would say the spirit isn't going to be leading you to continue on if the congregation isn't leading it to be engaged. Mm-hmm. And that's where, as you're up there, and you've, you've been a pastor mm-hmm. before, you know, you can tell when the congregation's engaged. Oh, yeah. right? But here's yeah. the reasons why churches say you can't do that. Because you got kids in the children's ministry. Yeah, yeah, or you got a second yep. service. Yep. And it's like, I get that. That's yep. all a part of the script of the, the yep. event, of the things we're yep. going to do. But it's like, maybe, just maybe, it's things need to be rescripted. Mm-hmm. You know? And maybe the people that are with the kids, they need to be on board with. Mm-hmm. And I think they would be for the most part. Man, if the spirit is leading, like we don't expect this to happen every week. I'm not trying mm-hmm. to do this because I, we really wanted to preach 40 minutes. Because if that's the something we decide as a leadership, then that's going to be put out before the congregation. Mm-hmm. So then the expectation mm-hmm. is, spent, is, 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 is presented. But if you present an expectation that sometimes it may go over, then don't panic when you're down there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When you get released, you get released mm-hmm. and be OK. Yeah. You should be glad that the spirit is doing something amongst the people that's mm-hmm. engaging them. Yeah. It should be a hallelujah. And if you got a crying baby or you got a, a eight year old that's running around crazy, you know what, man? Love on that person. Shepherd that person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The best you can. I've been on both sides. <laughs> I've been on both sides of this. Um, when youth ministry, it's real easy to um Make, Keep playing the game. Yeah, make the events as long as you want, mm-hmm. and and typically, if typically the message and uh, worship and prayer are at the end of the night, so many many times I just kept the kids longer, you know, preaching as long, yeah, yeah. giving them more times for small groups and prayer, and I just thought, okay, parents and that should should just deal with it, um, but. No, when I got when I got out and I'm a parent and I'm taking my kids to their to their own youth group, you know I've been that parent in the parking lot now who is like waiting, waiting and waiting and I'm looking at my watch. I'm like oh, I got to get up at four o'clock in the morning, go do this and that, and you know, and I can see, but 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 then also recognizing, hey, if God's doing something up there in the youth room with my kids, I want them to be there and I'll gladly wait, you know, yeah. if, if something good is happening and they're connecting yeah. in that. Like if I was, if I was running things at a church, you know what my phrase would be? When we done, we done. <laughs> what time is service over? When we done. When are you done? When we done. Just an observation about the word scripted is that uh, is the word behind scripture as well. So okay. scripture literally is scripted. Yes. Yes. So just to uh, capture, And then planned out. Like meaning. to me, I've always, lo- 
you know, I've always been of like series, right? Like, so you got some, you know, more topical. So teaching. why are sermons planned out so far? In yeah, advance? you got more like um, expository, yeah. right? And I like to, I like to like a blend of both. I don't have mm-hmm. a problem with neither, except if either says the other's wrong, I have a problem, which I've encountered people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. it's it's more yeah, of the people yeah. is not if for every ten people I've encountered, nine of them have been. If it's not expository preaching, it's wrong. Mm. And maybe one out of the ten saying, expo- I've never met a person that said expository is wrong. Mm. As a matter of fact, it's always the expositors that say topical is mm. wrong. So why can't you exposit topics? Mm-hmm. But that's a whole nother conversation. I even had a, a pastor of a church right now tell me, I won't even, it's not even relevant. <laughs> I'm just on a soapbox right now. But I think planning out is good. Um, I think both people need to know that the plan can be good and the spontaneous can be good. I think that's the bottom line yeah. because like, for instance, when you're reading the Bible, it's great to like read straight through and stick to it. It's great because who are you to say what's what, what you need to hear that day? And maybe you stumble upon John chapter 21 and it's just the thing you needed to hear and it was part of the plan. Yeah. But Or maybe you just flip and you find Psalm 118 and you think, is that God speaking to you for that day, or is that just a random uh, flip? You know, God is real, yeah. and He can uh, control the and, random and, flip, and so or the spontaneity. Can it? But can it be this? Another category, the second part, preaching about topics that are relevant and specific to each church. Maybe not to each. I mean, definitely to each church, because there may be some things going on. So let's just say you have a congregational meeting, or you have a leadership meeting, and you find that there's something going on within the congregation, mm-hmm. like. Why not table the sermon for next Sunday and preach on what you know is going on within mm-hmm. the congregation? I, I feel like that's some of yeah. what this person yeah. is talking about. Yeah. So that would be specific to the church. But then I would even say at a high, at a bigger level, take 9-11. Mm-hmm. That following Sunday, wouldn't it be good to not finish reading Matthew where you stopped mm-hmm. the week before? Or in your series, this is the fourth week of a 10-week series, mm-hmm. skipping that fourth week to address absolutely. and preach on what just happened. Yeah, I think you absolutely. Have to. Yeah, but there's churches that don't. Yeah, I, a lot of churches, yeah. a lot of big, like they'll say a blurb about it, but then it's back to business, it's back to yeah, the script. No, that's not be, that's at dinner table. That's not being sensitive to your kid who's coming with the black eye. Yeah, you know, so you, I mean, I, and I kind of feel yeah, like that this yeah. person is kind of speaking to either yeah. one of these or maybe both. So. Yeah. Let's go to the next one. Ooh-wee. If you're a pastor at a quote-unquote seeker-friendly church that has a lot of newcomers, stop speaking in Christianese. <laughs> so using words and phrases that only Christians and regular churchgoers would be familiar with. People don't talk in the King James Version anymore. Using Christian slang not only confuses newcomers, but makes them feel isolated as well. I, so I, I, I like that last line. Yeah, I like this whole thing. The part yeah. I don't understand is... I've been around a lot of seeker friendly churches. They don't use the King James version and they're not even talking in the these and thou. So to me, that's almost like that. Like usually the seeker friendly yeah. churches are vehemently against that. I, I've, so where would you come across somebody that's a seeker friendly church 
whether they're using the King James Version or speaking in King James lingo. Yeah, I think that's just what they're saying, not using the King James Version. Okay, but, but either one. But What secret-friendly churches are talking about thou and thee? I, they ain't reading it out the Bible because they're not reading the King James <laughs> Version, right? As you just stated. I think I think what this person is saying, though, is that you're you're using terms like and there's a whole other thing. You're using terms like uh, propitiation. Propiti- I love that word. And I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> or maybe there's another example of language that Christians use all the time. And they're just saying that that falls in that category of uh, unfamiliar language, of King James type language. Sure. Not that you're using the King James. Sure. I, but anyways. I have no... I like Speaking Christ- Christianese would be a better way yeah, of saying Yeah, yeah. I have... And I've been in churches where they... Yeah, I personally have no problem with this person's issue because I'm all like you got to me like I guess it makes sense on one hand if I'm intentionally being a secret friendly church, which most ones that are are intentionally being that way, that their strategy would be to not push people away, at least the ones I've known. Mm -hmm. They've changed church culture so much from the type of music to the way they preach, if you want to call it preaching, Mm -hmm. to the way they pray. Everything is so different, right? So use the language and there would be no Christianese. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm guessing that by this person blending these two together, that it does exist. It does, yeah. And I I, I don't have a problem with it personally because if a person is coming to seek, and you hear something you don't understand, like there should be a lot you don't understand, mm-hmm. whether it's Christianese or not, mm-hmm. right? If I just hear a person say, Jesus died on the cross for people's mistakes. We don't even, let's say we take the word sin, which I wouldn't do, but let's just say that's done. <laughs> if I don't know the Bible or anything, I'm not going to understand that. Yeah, and that would be very unhelpful. And that's not Christianese, is it? Would you consider that, even if we just said a man died on a piece of wood, for people's mistakes. That'd be horrible. There's no Christianese in that, right? Yeah, that'd be terribly misleading because... I'm, but that's not my I, point. Yeah, my know, point is, if that's what was said, would yeah. a person that doesn't know anything about the Bible that's seeking, would they understand that? Probably not, yeah, is mean, my point. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of stuff that they shouldn't and probably won't understand, yeah. including the Christianese. And the reason why I have no problem with how whatever, however it plays out, mm-hmm. whether you... I'm not a King James only person, but if you're a King James only person in a King James only church and a person that's seeking comes or you're the most secret friendly church on the planet and a person comes, there's going to be stuff people don't understand. And what's great about that is, A, if they're really seeking, they're going to look into the things they don't understand. Mm -hmm. And B, maybe if I'm being a Christian in the building (laughs) and I see somebody new, maybe I'll go shake their hand and befriend them. And learn and more say, about them. And learn more them. about them. And yeah. boom, there yeah. you go. Yeah. That's why I don't, I'm not saying there's not an issue with this. Yeah. But I'm saying for me, I have no issue yeah. with how church is doing these things. But I'm not I'm not advocating for a church that's seeker friendly. Yeah. I don't have I would never point a person to that. But who are me to yeah. like I'm not gonna badmouth anything, but that's not my cup of tea. Yeah. And I'm not gonna push a person to go to a King James version only church. Either, yeah. <laughs> by the way. Let's go to the next one. Are you a pastor or just a teacher? <laughs> Man, that's... Uh, <laughs> or just a teacher. 
So, meaning, meaning, are you shepherding your church or merely teaching them on a Sunday morning? There's a difference, and you should make sure that those expectations are set. I, so I wish I knew who this person was because <laughs> if if you if you're listening to this, if you don't mind like contacting me, like I don't have a problem with you. I just would love. I love these types of conversations. I would love to have conversations. I would love to be your friend and I actually, brother in Christ. I, I know who this is. Oh, you do? Yeah. Well, yeah. But he's a, he's a good dude. I would love to talk about this, man. So the heart's cry here is just seeing someone get up and teach, and that's it, and and not yeah. And, so they ain't that, doing nothing, and that person not involved in the lives of the people. That ties number three, then you're saying that ties to number three. Then the servant of all is the greatest of all. The pastor should lead by example. The pastors who just want to be in the pulpit on a Sunday morning and aren't involved in serving in and with the church elsewhere stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah, so would you say two and three to me seem really related, right? I think those are really good words for a pastor to hear that, hey, pastor, you're putting in all this effort to your sermons, but do you realize, pastor, that you really stick out like a sore thumb if you're not serving in other areas of the church? Like, people notice. Yeah, like, do we see you? Yep. Do we see you? We, and I ain't talking about at the grocery store or jogging around the park or nothing. Do we see you? Mm-hmm. When the church puts on an event or encourages us to go serve somewhere, do we see you? Yeah. And when we see you, are you standing over here like against the wall with your arm closed with a couple other quote unquote high capacity leaders and you're just yeah. watching people fill the boxes yeah, or fill the yeah. backpacks or fill the food? Like, yeah, are you yeah. just observing? Yeah. Right. But not participating. Yeah. Cause just to see you, I feel like this person is saying, yeah, get your hands dirty, man. Yeah. You ain't dude. Yeah. You ain't nobody. I want to come knock yeah. you off this throne. You put yourself up. on. I have a confession. Nope. Man, <laughs> I'm not, I, do, I, do, do I need to get my collar? <laughs> I have a confession. Like I've I've uh, spoken at um, you know different events in that big little retreats, all kinds of things where people would would fly me in, have me speak there, and you know what the great temptation is? What? Just to speak and go back to your room. Just do your job, go back to your room, and I did that so many times. Mm. And if I could do it again, I would be. And this wasn't all the time, but I would. I could do it again. I would not only speak, but I would go and be with the people who were at that conference, at that event. And I, I would get my hands, I would want to get my hands dirty, hang out with them, spend time with them, rather than just being uh, an isolated guy. Because it's not good for you. Yeah, It's not good for you. You start to believe your own BS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had a similar experience with, you know, getting a chance to go speak and go in different places. Mm-hmm. And I've been the opposite. I've been what you wish you could go back and do. And it was intentional, man. Like I would even intentionally not go to dinner with the pastor or leadership. If uh, now, if they invited me to dinner, but nobody else would, but I would try to bring some quote unquote regular folk with us. So you'd be more intentional about being with the regular. Yeah. Yeah. But if I had invitations from both groups, I'm, I'm picking the regular folks every time. That's good. You know, and if they say you want to go out or we can cook something at home, like it's easier to go out. But if they're really, if they mention about going to their house, that's probably what they really want to mm. do. And when I go, if I like hotel or we got a family that'll host you, I'm staying with the family. Yeah. yeah. You know, the hotel's easier, right? Because yeah. I can have my time. Nice. I can I do need... what I want to do when I yeah. want to do it. I'm I always in my and I was I would say this bragging mm. on my wife too that she's right along with me. That's great. She would choose the family, mm. and we done stayed in some 
some people's houses that like was country houses <laughs> where we was like up in the chicken coop above the chicken coop, like literally like above like yeah. we're not above right like next door to a chicken coop yeah and it was smelly and it was cold but <laughs> you know we stayed at people's homes where they yep. like slept on the couch and gave us their room mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what i mean which is is, is just amazing heart yeah. and we've experienced that quite a few yeah. times but but yeah, man, and and the guy put it on my heart years ago. So a lot of this stuff I'm saying ain't stuff that just hit me now. Yeah. Like I'm talking 10, 15 yeah. plus years ago, dating back to when I was in prison, mm-hmm. when I was like, man, this is how I'm going to live. I want to be, I'm I'm a common person mm-hmm. and I want to be what I would call common yeah. people. And in the church, the common people would be the congregation. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jesus did. That's what I love about this one from this guy that he submitted so much is that that's what Jesus did. When he came here, he didn't just hang out with the Pharisees. He didn't just stay in the temple or the synagogue. But Jesus stayed out in the open with the people, yeah. with the animals. Yeah. Born well, you, in, got, born you, got, you got people that they ain't flying coach. They ain't staying in a three-star yeah. hotel. Yeah. And they they ain't going to like Popeye's or they ain't going to yeah. your house to eat. It's got to be a nice I mean, I know people like this. Mm-hmm. I don't like know know them. I know who they are, and I love to yep. like grab them and shake them and throw them on the ground and say, "Man, you better stop." Yep. Not you need to stop, but you should stop. You better mm. stop. Cause that's but like you said, that's not good yeah. for you. It's man. not good for your soul. It's not, man. It, it's not. We we are saying it's not good for the people, but what you don't realize, Pastor, is it's not good for you. Yeah. It's gonna tear you apart. Yep. Yep. Uh, I thank whoever this person is, man. Thank you for these. And yeah. I mean, I'm not to not thank other people, but these some really deep, meaningful, like these two topics for me. So, man, I'm glad somebody yep. um, brought that up. Yep. All right. Uh, next one. Uh, the servant Ooh. of all is the greatest of all. The past. Did I read this? Yeah, one? we kind of oh, combined yeah, yeah, yeah. that one okay. with the other one. So the next one. We don't all need to agree to be unified. Mm. Right. <laughs> we don't need to agree to be unified. You're you're a Republican, I'm a Democrat? Okay, who cares? We are part of the same church. In fact, build up your eldership, so your church leaders, to have different views and opinions. Try to get people from different backgrounds and perspectives of the church made up of a bunch of drones is destined for a downfall. Man, but you know, it's it's funny because then it goes, keep politics the hell out of your message. Which I'm not going to say, it doesn't contradict the aforementioned stuff, but it's just kind of funny how, (laughs) you know, it's like, Let's 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 be a Republican and Democrat together. It's not saying like keep it out of your message, but yeah, I I, I think I agree. Like we don't need to talk about politics in preaching to be advocating for a Republican or Democrat. Yeah, in the sense that you use politics to to um, justify the fact that you're just homogeneous or just mm, one. Yeah, that's good. A monolith. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's good. Yeah. But I I I feel like I agree. If with you that, do preach politics, preach both sides. Yeah, that's yeah. what this person would yeah, probably and I'm, say. Yeah, and I'm saying yeah. what I agree to is the stuff you read before. Yeah. Oh, about, yeah, yeah. about having different uh, viewpoints. You An know, elder board? Yeah, go ahead. I just think that that is the healthiest way you can be. Yep. Having old people and young people. Yeah. 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 Different viewpoints. Different you viewpoints. Know, different I would races. Say, I would say... You know, I would even go so as, so far as to say even theologically. You know, I guess maybe depending on what Say it is. It. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, but there are so many different theologies that surely some of them just probably couldn't mix. Yeah, you, you have know? to. You, I mean, you're a part of a church. 
the church has a core doctrinal statement. You all have to subscribe to that. Sure, yeah. So the doctrinal but stuff, yeah. There are uh, an infinite almost number of ways that you can differ. Yeah, 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 they are. Yeah. And and I guess some of them, some people would say are too big that we would differ on, therefore yeah. we can't be together. Yeah. So like, you know, a woman's role in ministry, mm-hmm. that might be a big one. Um being able to lose your salvation. That mm-hmm. would probably be a big one. You know, so yeah. Yeah. there's many more, but but I think that overall what this person is saying, I think that you can have Republicans and Democrats coexist because mm-hmm. as if a person's a Republican, like we know what their mindset is, we know the Democrats' mm-hmm. mindset is, there needs to be a blending of the both, I believe, and mm-hmm. that's where you'll get more towards the heart of God mm-hmm. and the truth of what mm-hmm. he wants. And so if you don't have one of those or missing, yeah, you're missing. then how can you ever yeah. get to the heart of God? Yeah. You know? It's like, hmm, this is probably a bad example, but it's like male and female made in the image of God. There's something about God that is both male and female. If you just look at a guy, you're not going to, uh, a, a man can't capture all of God. A woman can't cap capture all of God. You have to have them together to get the full spectrum mm-hmm. of God in the same way with these two different polls of Republican and Democrat that there's parts of a of a Republican that you need. There's parts of a, a Democrat yeah. that yeah. you need. Like a rep- like Republicans would be advocating for like for call it welfare, right? Um public aid. Mm-hmm. Whereas a Republican might be yeah, like Democrat would call de- for that. Democrat, yeah, yeah, yeah. Republican would yeah. be like, man, go get a job. And yeah. it's like, yeah, we need to work. We need both. And in some instances, a person for some legit reasons, they may need some help yeah. from the government, not maybe for eternity or, yeah. or for their life here on earth, but while they're working towards that job, they may need some mm-hmm. aid. So the Republican needs to say, I recognize that I honor that yeah. and that's good. Yeah. But the Democrat needs to say, Republican, getting a job and working and having your own is a good mm-hmm. thing. And that's mm-hmm. what we always want to yep. be working towards. And I and I would say probably people on both sides would agree with what I just mm-hmm. said. Yeah. Do you know that anytime you have a pair, two people, husband and wife, you see this easily, easily, or two friends, automatically, just because you have two people, they'll form an opposition. Mm-hmm. If I choose this viewpoint the other person will choose the other especially married it just happens mm-hmm. and as a married person you you full well know, know you're sitting there thinking that when it comes to whatever issue is before us i know if i go this way she'll go this way if i, I go, go that opposite way i know she'll go the opposite so way. do you do that to get it's your a, way that's called manipulation it is right? it is but anytime you have a pair you, you form two poles it's just automatic yeah but I, that's healthy because think of a battery here i'm gonna get on my little uh-oh. my pulpit my soapbox a battery has a positive terminal and a negative terminal and because you have a positive and negative that's called the polarity right mm-hmm. and you can't have energy if you just have one if you have two positive terminals there's no energy you did the battery's dead. Yeah. It can't do nothing. If you have just a negative, no energy. If you have all Republicans, no energy. If you have all Democrats, no energy. Yeah. All males, no energy. Yeah. All yeah. females, no energy. If you have both, if you have two opposites, then there's energy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a di- there's a dynamic there. Mm-hmm. And so if you really want your 
elder board <laughs> to have energy, you need opposite diversity. viewpoints. Needs diversity. That's yeah. how it happens. Yeah. And this other one right here says, if your message is more condemning than loving, it's not biblical. I, I love that one because, you know, I don't think it's any man's job to condemn people. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict people of sin. Mm. And if you're preaching the word of God in the gospel, then there's going to be conviction of sin, right? Yeah. What's the difference between condemning and conviction? I like that. Well, to condemn to me is like to like ascribe some form of punishment or mm -hmm. something like that. And to like belittle and put down, mm -hmm. whereas to convict is to um, be addressing a topic that is biblical of something that we shouldn't do. And we naturally, because we have mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit in us, we should feel a disconnect mm -hmm. from that, that topic in a bad way. In other words, like here's what God wants. Here's what we're doing. And we really want to live a life of doing what God wants us to do. Mm -hmm. And I feel bad. So. So the conviction is me driven. Mm -hmm. I'm saying this is wrong and bad and I want to fix mm -hmm. it. Whereas the condemning is maybe someone else saying you're wrong and you're bad because of this. Yeah. I with, guess that's how I would define with it. With condemning, there's no hope. With conviction, there is. Oh, okay, man. I said all that just to get that's great. You know, say you, that again. When you condemn with with condemning, there's no hope. It's like that's just the way it is. Wow, man. That's when great. you're convicted, there is hope. I gotta you use know, that. You know? I, I was just thinking of prison examples, right? If they were con to condemn you to like die, yeah, like, there's no hope. Yeah, but if you just get a conviction, then there there's hope. Okay, you know? I like that, um, man. Condemnation, the co condemning has no hope. Yeah, because you're painting, and in the church context, sure. you're painting uh, the message or giving the message that because you're this way, you know, you're awful. Just get yeah, out yeah, of here. Yeah. Versus what God wants to do is say, hey, you have these sins, but there's hope for you. Yeah, yeah. If you uh, if you turn from them, yeah. this is your opportunity mm. to do that. I like that, and to man. Be That's saved. great. Yeah. That's great. And, and I do agree with this one that um, the Bible is loving. That's what's biblical. That's what's driving it. Yeah. Right. God yeah. wrote it as yeah. a love letter. Yeah. Right. It's loving. And <clears throat> the loving thing, too, is to help convict people of their sins so they turn from him. Yeah. Amen. Turn from Amen. Them. That's, I like yeah. that one. If someone leaves your church, they are still a part of the church and the body of Christ. They're still deserving of love and should not be treated like they've been excommunicated. To me, this comes out of hurt mm. and pain, man. And <clears throat> I haven't experienced it, but man, like, that's got to be tough, man. Mm. And it's bogus as all get out because mm. I totally 100% agree, mm. you know. And, and to me, kind of along the lines and not just that first part of someone leaves your church. If you're a pastor and someone leaves your church, acknowledge that like not acknowledge like contact that person yeah. if this just put in the context of like you're farming literal sheep mm -hmm. and a sheep just kind of runs off mm. on his own you just gonna let you ain't even gonna check on him mm. you ain't even gonna see man are you all right mm -hmm. like what's going on but i mean in the literal context mm -hmm. you're gonna wrangle that sheep back and bring them part yeah. of the fold right now that's an animal now that's, that's dumb that we can do that to you can't do that to a human but should the attempt not be made I would say certainly it should be made mm -hmm. as a pastor of a church. Mm -hmm. I should always be concerned if anybody who's been a member or a part of our church for a long time mm -hmm. decides to leave. I need to investigate mm -hmm. and find out mm -hmm. what is going on. Mm -hmm. And if I don't, 
Shame on you. Mm. Shame on you, man. Mm. That's the way I feel. I just had a memory that this hits home for me, actually, that um, after I had uh, left the church, that um, someone was asking me, someone was asking me, so, assuming that the leadership of the church had contacted me, you mm-hmm. know, since then. And I was like, no, no one's, no one's contacted me. They said, not anyone, none of the elders, none of the, mm-hmm. said no, they haven't. I said some of the congregation members have, but none, none of the leadership. And they said, what does that tell you? Hmm. And I was like, what? They suck. I was like, what? <laughs> what, what does it tell me? I'm like, I didn't want to go there. Like, what? I don't know. What does it tell me? Yeah. Like, I honestly didn't know. And then the person said, it tells you that they were just using you. Wow. Man. They were just using That's you. Deep. And when you didn't, uh, when you're not a part of them anymore and you don't fit their agenda, they don't They're care no about you. For you like a piece of trash. Yeah, it's like that sheep who goes wow. away. Like, you really didn't actually care about the sheep yeah. now that it's gone. It's like it if you shared me and you just wanted the wool. Yeah. I got the wool. Like, you can go ahead on about yeah. your business now. Yeah, I got, I got what, what I, I want out of you. And I don't care about you. Ooh, man, that's crazy. So, I mean, that's where this person, I think, is coming from, too. And that's what it betrays that, you know, you're part of a church and you left and they don't care about you anymore. That just means they're using and, and, you. And, and I would say as a pastor. Using you for for their agenda yeah, and not your good. Yeah, and I would say even to add another layer, just for the sake of that person, like, like if you're a, if you're a pastor, I'm assuming that you have some love in your heart for the sheep. I'm assuming. Yeah. And if that's true, even for the sake of that sheep not turning his back on Christ or the church, Mm -hmm. go to that person. Because I've talked to so many people that have had experiences with church that are bad and they've gone like decades Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. turning their back on God and the church because of that hurt. And so if you have Mm -hmm. an ounce of love or compassion for the sheep, whether they, you feel like they were wrong or you know you was wrong. Whoever was wrong, whatever yeah. it is, man, for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of the church who Jesus died for, mm. go make that person right in some way and help that wound so they don't turn their back. I have one friend that I sent the survey to. He wouldn't even answer the survey because mm. he said, I am so hurt <laughs> by the no church. Good. I'm so hurt because that was him. Mm. I'm so hurt that... I'm, I have nothing good to say and I can't even emotionally bring myself to doing it. So I, you know, if you're a pastor hearing this right now, we're really ganging up on you. And I, I understand from your vantage point, like my time is limited. I can only do so much, you know, I get that. And we're going to talk about that in future episodes, but right now we just want to let the congregation speak. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. Let's go to the next one that we often think that you, the pastor, are too busy to get into the muck with us, but appreciate it when you do. Mm. Um, and I like the last <clears throat> part, you know, because there are pastors that do get in the muck. Mm-hmm. I think that the bigger the church gets, the less muck they get in. You know, and by design, that's the way you have to be. And I'm not I'm not saying that this is, I'm not saying that this is how it should be, but a little thing people should should know that when you're part of a bigger church, Typically, this is what happens. Your leadership gets stronger and bigger, and their interaction with the people gets yeah, less but and it, less but, and less. But is that right? Oh yeah, I'm not. Yeah, so we, we're agreeing that's not right. Yeah. It's so not what's right. the rem- what's the remedy? Yeah. We're not here to talk about remedies. We're well, just... I'm going to talk about the remedy. I'm just going to make a statement. Okay. When the church grows, then do another church. 
in another yeah. area that needs a church and needs the gospel so that you don't get so big that this has to happen. Yeah. That's my remedy. Or stay small. Yeah, stay small intentionally. Yeah. Get more leaders. Figure out how to do Go it. Go elsewhere. If you're so, I, if your church is getting so big that it can't keep track of its members, something's wrong. It's okay. I'm, I'll put it this way: if you're so, if you're so fat you can't see your toes anymore, uh, lose weight. Then hey. chances are lose some weight. If no. you if you can't keep track of your members, right? Hey, hey. Can I put it like that? Hey, hey, hey man, brother, <laughs> preach. All right, we got time for maybe one more. That some so pastors know that some of us really do look to you to shepherd us, and that this involves putting a level of trust that you as a pastor are more just someone, maybe more than just someone who runs mm. a program. That you will most importantly speak truth instead of always looking to be nice. This person listens to our podcast. This is great. Yep. Yeah. The nice and the quotes. Nice and quotes yeah. This is great, man. And I I totally agree, man. I think people should look to them as a shepherd, right? And this person is saying they really do look to their pastors. Yeah, They're saying, yeah. hey, they we need want to you that. to shepherd us. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I think of a pastor, like if you really like, if that's true of your congregation and you want, and you acknowledge that, that's the greatest gift in the yeah. world. You want to yeah. submit to my gift of leadership here at this church. Yeah. You want to follow me as we follow Jesus yeah. together. What more can you, that yeah. should be what you're asking yeah. of the sheep. You're not just a person who runs a program. Follow me as I follow Jesus. Yeah. To me, it's as simple as that. Yeah. Follow me as I follow Jesus. Yeah. And that's kind of what Paul says, In right? In the muck. In the muck. Yeah. Yeah. Doing life with me. Yeah. And to me, that's yeah. discipleship. That's just a, a definition mm. of discipleship. What's the difference between a program leader and a discipler? A program leader don't give to nothings. It's just all about the program. It's all about the program, man. Yeah. I'm coming in at this time. I'm going to say and do this yeah. thing, and then I'm out. I'm and back to you, the hotel. I'm yeah. back to my room. <laughs> that's right. I'm back to my that's car right. going home. Yeah. And if you don't fit with the program and you leave, that's fine. I'm going to just leave you. Yeah, I'm getting my check anyway. It all anyway. comes together. Yeah, I'm long getting as, my long check As long as eight person shows, I'm getting my check. Yeah. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drive, yeah. not literally, but I'm going to drive the people to my program. Because if people ain't coming to my program, guess what I ain't going to have no more? I'm not going to have a program. Yeah. And what if the program is the church? You know, Jesus. Yeah. You know, Jesus in John six, where he's like preaching these hard things about eating him and drinking me. I mean, Jesus is literally saying, eat me. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh boy. And, uh, and everyone's like leaving and the disciples are like, Hey, everyone's leaving. And Jesus is like, I don't care. Let like, them go. He's man. like, they you going to leave rocks. also? He's like, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, in a sense, in a sense, that's what a pastor's attitude should be. Mm -hmm. Now, they should care. But if I'm if I'm adhering to God's word and what he's leading me to do, if people don't like it, mm -hmm. I don't really care. I care about the ones that want to yeah. be here. Yep. The ones that are right. That's be the here. ones I'm going to care about. Yep. You know, and I'm going to give my life to them. Yep. And in Jesus case, I'm going to give my life for them. Yeah. And so I don't know if God wants pastors to give their life for their congregation, but he definitely wants them to give their life to them. No, he, yeah. And if, he and wants in to a, make a sense, sacrifices. In a sense, if he did call a pastor yeah, yeah. to die for the congregation, yeah. then you should do it. Yeah. But I'm saying that's not usually the norm. Yeah. You know, that was a thing that Jesus did exclusively. Yeah. I've heard it put this way that at the top, you know, when you're the leader and, and you're at the top of something, you're called to make a sacrifice. You're called to make 
sacrifice things for the, for the sake of your people. Well, don't give me on like, my soapbox. Um, that's, <laughs> that's that's what a leader does. Yeah, man, he sacrificed, man. Yep. You always you, if you live in a life as a pastor and you're not sacrificing. Mm-hmm. Man, I, don't, I think you missed I mean, out And it's for man. anything, like we've talked about before. If you're a boss over a big company and you're just off and you're not in, make, making sacrifices for your employees, then yeah. if they're not seeing it, you're not being very good. Man, this not is being good. Very man, attentive. We, we, we write at time this week with our second episode So because the next one we got is going to be another doozy. So let's, I like the doozies when we kick it off. <laughs> okay. So let's, um, let's, let's kick off with a doozy next, next episode. So, man... Thank you guys for tuning in again to this topic. Um, things I wish my pastor knew. Thoughts from the congregation. If you have ones you want to send us, we'll extend the list. Um, so feel free. Um, there are several different ways. If you know us personally, you can maybe text us or email us. Mm-hmm. Sam has created a form on bumperstickerfaith.com that you mm-hmm. can go on. You can submit something that way. We will keep your names anonymous. So if you want to go look at the past episode yeah. and you listen to this one, we mentioned no names. Even um, the form itself on the website is anonymous. There you go. Like, so we don't even know who it is. There you go. We don't yeah. even know who you is. Yeah. You turn the form in. So. Yeah. Um, if you message me on social media, I'll keep you anonymous. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you put it in my feed, I can't keep you anonymous. Man, you know <laughs> who I'm talking about, but you obviously don't care. So, um, man, thank you guys for tuning in. We think it's been helpful. Shoot us some comments, man. If you have some mm-hmm. disagreements, maybe we said something out of pocket, or maybe we said something that you interpreted a way that we don't mean. Again, we ain't going to be those guys. We're not trying to pastor you or shepherd you or be a, a church leader over you in this. Mm-hmm. But we are brothers in Christ, and if we said something that you took the wrong way, we want to know about it, and we want to make it right mm-hmm. because we care about you, even if we never even met you and know you exist. So thank you once again for tuning in. Until we see you next time. Don't go God stepping bless. in no. Don't go stepping in no. You know what? <laughs> Peace. Peace.